This is a Heart of the Piano podcast. Usually people might hear Bob Rose, who's the my friend and mentor, <laughs> who uh, who started up this uh, this podcast. Um, but I'm having a go this this time for a change, Andy Cole, and I'm here with uh, Melvin Besbrode, and I'd let him introduce himself. Hello, I'm <laughs> Melvin, I'm Melvin Besbrode from Besbrode Pianos in, yeah. in Leeds. In Leeds, um, a wonderful show. What was what was this building originally? What? It was a Yorkshire woolen mill ah. from 1780, one of the first buildings in the Industrial Revolution. Right, right, because it's got a lot of the Sort of arches, those individual arches, and in yeah, it's fireproof mill. It's, it was this. It was uh, <clears throat> basically it's meant so that if there was a fire on one floor, it didn't pass on to the next I floor. I see. Because in mills before this, they used to burn down. Basically, if you look across the, yeah. the yard there, that's part of the mill that did burn down. Right, right. Pre eighteen hundred. So. Okay. I used to wonder how these places used to burn down because I've seen one or two hap- like that happen in the area where I live, and I thought it's all. Built of stones, it didn't make any any sense. Well, this one's managed to stay up for its whatever it is, <clears> what, <throat> two hundred years, something yeah. like that. Okay, let's move on to pianos. Right now, one of the things that I've been thinking of uh, in anticipation of this interview was when I was at school, I don't remember seeing anything about careers advice heading towards selling pianos. Right, and I'm really curious as to what avenues uh, uh, led you to uh, this sort of this sort of business well my main interest was fine art oh. uh, I, I wanted to be an artist as, as a as a child and as a youth and I went to art college mm-hmm. um, but anybody that goes to art college to do fine art other than sort of graphics or anything that has a has a job on the end of it knows that there's roughly five people in any one generation who can earn a living doing that. Mm. So you try it for a bit. And then when you realise you aren't quite good enough to get to, you know, sort of Damien Hurst level, mm. the next thing in line is a school teacher or a lecturer. Right. Neither of which I would be very good at. And then the next one on the list is uh, gardening or sort of mowing lawns and stuff like that which, yeah. which I tried <laughs> so but you my interest was always there I did play the piano as a child and my mother used to play the piano mm-hmm. so I was always I always used to listening to to piano music you know and in one of the long periods of unemployment I thought maybe I'll, I'll sort of play the piano because I've got back to time and nothing very much to do mm-hmm. so so I bought a piano and I bought it from a farm and it was in the barn and uh, I looked at it and I thought there's an enormous amount of work in this thing and it was five pounds and that was the market value of it Mm -hmm. so I I bought that and I took it home and I thought well must be somebody else who would think this is a good piano you know it was a Shiedmai which was not not a famous make but I'd never heard of it, but you could just tell by taking the front board off that the amount of work was enormous, you know. It mm-hmm. must have been a remarkable thing in its day. The amount of work required or the amount of work to... The, the amount of work in it, right. just making it, you know, uh-huh. sort of was... Somebody put a lot of effort right, into making the piano. And I thought, well, there must be somebody else that, that wants something like this. So I just advertised it and I got about 15 replies and I thought, well... 
if I'm not going to make any money being an artist, I may as well do something with pianos That's because there's a hole there that nobody else seems to want to fill, so I'll, I'll do that. But, yeah. So that's basically how it started, really. Okay, okay. But I did play. I did play the piano. I mean, my first intention was to actually play the piano rather than dealing pianos. But in a way, it's uh, I wanted to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I used to play in groups and things. You know, mm. what, what sort of what sort of level was was it? Classical was it? I always liked classical music, uh-huh. but I can, I can never play it well enough. You know, I, I could get past... I just got to Debussy's Bergmas Suite right. and fe- and fell over at the, on the second <laughs> piece, you know, the three against two piece yeah. section, uh, which I never actually got over that particular hurdle. But I used to I used to play when I was unemployed for three or four hours a day. I mean, yeah. I oh, that's enjoy quite it. a lot. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was okay for my own... Well, nearly to my own satisfaction. Mm. But Be, not, being tutored or, or no, no, I, just, I, just I did go to the, I did go for the evening classes <laughs> at the the music college to play the piano, but again, never never seriously. I, I mean, I if you start playing the piano at sort of eighteen or nineteen, you know, you're never going to be able to make a living doing that unless mm. you're just playing in pubs and things. But in truth, I wasn't really <laughs> that good either. So it just got to the point where. Um, I don't know. What, having played in groups, and yeah. uh, I played in a punk band with with a poet, you know, sort of right. like Alexis Sale. It was just oh. just the two of us. I played I played the keyboard, mm-hmm. and he had two pieces of uh, scaffolding po- pole, which he banged together. That was his musical instrument, and he would he would recite quite funny and quite, quite aggressive poems, and I'd play mm-hmm. romantic music behind him, which was about as successful as we got, you know. But um, after taking speakers down metal staircases at two o'clock in the morning, having earned £40 for doing it, you know, yeah. the satisfaction tends to drop off a bit. After right, that, right. So, oh, right, interesting. so from that point on, I just sort of took selling pianos as more, more lucrative than doing that. Well, obviously, it started with just you, but are there family members? Is it? Is it uh... There are now, but only... In, I mean, I've been doing this since, I don't know, 1970, something like that, a long time. Always here, or...? I, uh, well, I did have another warehouse in Mushroom Street, which is off Regent Street, which was burnt down. Somebody somebody sort of set fire to the building while I wasn't there. But So I've been here since 1980. But my granddaughter works for me now. Yeah. And her husband works for me now, but it's not it's not a family business. Family nobody, business. nobody else, nobody else has been in the piano business at all. Mm, you know? mm. And I have no. Um, my technical abilities are absolutely nil. When you say your technical abilities, I can't. Repa- to... I can't repair. Okay. Um, I don't get involved in repairing them. I don't actually get re- involved in selling them. I never <laughs> have. I. I <laughs> Well, they're like children, really. I've, you know, if one goes, there's a great big gap in the oh, warehouse. Dear. I think, goodness <laughs> me, what am I going to do? One of my children's gone. Um, I enjoy buying them. I like finding them. I'm, I'm basically a treasure hunter at mm-hmm. heart. So, is, 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 is there such a, a, a treasure element if, if it's a new piano, or is, or is that treasure aspect more? Well, no, because you can buy, they, they, they're just like buying something off the shelf, isn't it? Once you've bought one, you can go and get another one because mm-hmm. they'll make you one exactly the same. 
whereas with with older pianos it, they, you know life's happened to them they've mm. been through world wars and and sort of you know uh, there may have only been five of these made and four of them have just lost into oblivion and there's this last one left you know mm. um and in sort of in in nine in the 19th century i mean pianos were the one of the most important industries in the world you know there were sort of like 50,000 people working making pianos i think in the uk in the uk really yeah, yeah um i know there were there were a lot more a lot more manufacturers in times gone by and they seem to have yeah there, there'll have been quite a few in leeds um well it was the most important thing to have you know you if if you were a woman and you wanted a husband you needed to be able to play the piano well <laughs> so that so, so you attracted uh, Mm-hmm. attracted suitors it, that was that was one of the sales images of the 19th century for pianos mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so the cabinet makers the most important cabinet makers were involved in making pianos and finishing the cases off um, and the most important engineers were involved in making pianos and so basically around about the turn of the 19th century pianos reached their peak really as mm-hmm. Somebody who actually was involved in making pianos in 1900 could come come now and go into any piano factory and know exactly what was going on. The technology right. hasn't changed at all. If you go if you go around the Steinway factory, which I did a couple of years ago, they mm-hmm. make the piano in exactly the same way as they did in 1898. The, the process is exactly the same. Oh, then there must be some perhaps tools or they, they or have electric drill. One A electric drill, which puts rest pins in. And apart from that, it's the and same. And one man does it with a guide. If you go to the Yamaha factory, they have a machine that just puts the rest, plank, the, the, the rest pins in and they're all in. Whereas with Steinway, they actually still make them in exactly the same way. There's no difference. You know, the soundboards are made in a room not much bigger than this. Mm-hmm. And there's two guys who have um, been working there for 25 years mm-hmm. and they know what time of year each piece of wood was growing and it was cut so they have winter wood and summer wood and they have yeah. pieces of wood this big right and they and they they actually piece the soundboard up they put summer wood in a certain part and winter wood in a certain part because the grain a uh, winter wood the grain is is very close together oh, yes, yes. and the summer wood it's much it's wider apart you get a different sound uh-huh. so they actually make the soundboard with by eye so each soundboard on a Steinway is made by eye. It's, there's no, you know, with pieces of wood no bigger than, I don't know, two feet by mm-hmm. four or five inches. Uh, how, how technical is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose there is a, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> technical as to whether, whether it's measurable in that sense. Well, that's a yeah, question, isn't it? Uh, yes, but, the, you know, sort of, I guess it's, they're made by hand and eye as opposed yeah. to by yeah. sort of machine gauges. Yeah. And uh, am I right in saying this? There's Steinway in America and Steinway in Germany. Yeah. I'm assuming that they're made in exactly the same way in both places. Well, that's what they, they tell take... you, but it isn't true. Ah. <laughs> well, uh, American Steinways seem to be finished in a much cheaper way than they are they are here in in Europe. Mm-hmm. European pianos, European Steinways. Second-hand ones hold, uh, in generally, twenty-five percent more more valuable. Oh, the finish is that much better. And generally, it doesn't. It's not just me saying that. It's just that's the uh, the, the market says that as well. Mm. If you look, if you look 
pianos for sale in the States, they're always infinitely cheaper. They would be, you know, people would rush to America to buy Steinways because they're so much cheaper there, but they don't because they just aren't as well made. Right. The finish is different. That's interesting. I, I had this assumption that it was a it was a market, it was a brand which they ensured that the same thing happened wherever it was. Well, in America, they'd tell you that was true. But anybody that would actually be confronted with an American piano and a, and a European piano mm-hmm. would easily tell the difference. I mean, obviously, you, you, you seem to specialise in Steinways on yes, the, on the main we're, floor. Yes, we're specialising even more in them. Right, than right. Than we were. Um, but you do sell you do sell other pianos um, yes. on on the other floors on the the antique floor on the top which I've occasionally walked around. It's absolutely mar- marvelous seeing those historical pianos. What's what sort of customer would would you see for those sorts of well those sorts of pianos? generally it would be an, an interior designer who would uh, be furnishing a a room for a customer uh-huh. and they'd want a piano for, of a particular style. To, to, furn- to furnish a room or hotels mm-hmm. or, or other venues that do it. But museums as well. We sell, we sell pianos to museums. Right. And I'm assuming they want them working as well. They don't just want... Well, that's the easiest part, really. Right. Because, the, as I said, the mechanics are exactly the same now <coughs> as they were then, so they're fairly straightforward to repair. You can, you can put any piano back to its original uh, state mechanically. What's the part of a piano that would, I don't know, limit its lifespan? Like, is it the soundboard cracking or something like that? Well, that's re- again, it's wood, isn't it? It's repairable, basically. Right, right. Um, if you drop a piano into water, that that would basically <laughs> kill it. <laughs> that would be unusual. That would be well, unusual. I'm sure. I, have had, I have had them, yes. Ones that were dropped, but I, I bought a Steinway, which I didn't know at the time, had been <clears> dropped by from a crane. They were t- they were putting it onto a ship, right. and it actually fell off the ship into the water. Crikey! But they whipped it out, and you know, we eventually found that story out and, because we couldn't work out why we couldn't put this piano back to rights, and it, I was, see. it was just too far gone. Oh, we see. Oh, they, you were, they hadn't told you about that when no, they we found out. We found out eventually. Yeah. Right, right. The downstairs, you tend to have more Yamahas. Am I in, right in the say? shop, yes. Yeah. And the, the next question I was going to ask was about comparing different sorts, of p- different pianos. Obviously, there's different makes. Clearly, what would you say to a beginner or anybody up to uh, a professional standard? in terms of what sort of piano would be ideal for them? What sort of things would, would you be sort of guiding them towards? These are sort of questions that you <laughs> that, that relate to selling them in truth. Mm. And I always, um, because I'm not that good at selling them, it's, in a way it's a bit like discussing the taste of sausages. Right. I mean, in the, it's, it's almost impossible to know what you are hearing when you play a piano mm-hmm. the, you won't know what I'm hearing either to be honest it, it's everybody has their own sensations about 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 a piano um, and so effectively you would just buy the best the piano that you like the sound of best mm. to be honest with you that's the general rule I mean the one thing I can tell even though I don't sell pianos the one the one thing I can tell is when somebody Finds a piano that they like. Mm-hmm. You can you can tell they go they go round and they go round and round and round. And 
you can always tell there's some more there's some vitality in the way they play when they come across a piano that they've they've heard something in that particular piano mm -hmm. which they haven't heard in any other piano you know but what that is it's undefinable as far as I'm concerned right 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 know. so it's not so much a question of advice as just what the I'm not the likes. person to ask the advice to be honest um, right. I'm not sure how to answer the question really right right <laughs> okay um, the next question. One of the things that I find fascinating uh, in the modern era of, of grand pianos are the disc pianos and yeah. silent pianos. And I'm, I'm completely ignorant of how they function. Because I just, for example, the idea of a silent piano, I think the, the hammers are going up. They must be hitting something to create sound for you to listen to. You basically, you, you basically, there is, there is, um, a damper? No, no, it, it, it's a system that you actually fit to the piano that converts the piano into an electric piano. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you pull the switch, the hammers, whatever it is, this, this um, system actually takes over where the strings are. So it comes between the strings and the hammers and converts the piano into an electric piano. So it, it, just, it no longer hits the strings; it can't make a noise. Right. But the noise you hear in your headphones is the same as an electric piano. So effectively, it's a set of sensors that are placed yes, yeah. where they're where they're in front of the strings, yeah. and they're moved out of the way so that they hit the. Strings. Well, it actually comes between. It, it, you take the, if you take the action out, it's actually fitted over the over the hammers, <clears> but it it moves backwards and forwards. So the, right. the, the lever takes it forwards or backwards. So if it's forwards, it plays as a normal piano. Right. If it's backwards, it then it impedes the hammers hitting the strings, I and see. it converts it into an electric piano. That's fairly straightforward. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that bit I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the. the the piano disc system is a completely different thing, isn't it? Really? I'm assuming that's just a recording, a recording mechanism, playback system. No, uh, it's based on the electric. No, it's a it's a system that you fit in the piano. Act like it's an elect. It's a digital version of a of a pianola. You're converting your piano into a pianola. It has its own Wi-Fi mm -hmm. connection, so you can download music off the internet, and it will play it for you. So, yeah. and you can also it will also play orchestral sections and um you you can have i don't know stevie wonder mm -hmm. singing uh, i mean in in the uprated version you can you can put your ipod on the music desk yeah. and you'll have whoever you want he will have stevie wonder singing and he he playing your piano which is uh which is quite this is quite interesting yeah, right. and it also works if if you have a music your music teacher could be in Australia somewhere, and they, mm. if they had the same system, you can you can put your i your iPod on the, the music desk and talk to your piano teacher, who can play your piano, or mm. he can play his piano, which will play your piano, yeah. and you can play your piano, which will play his piano. So so you can actually have music lessons around the world. I mean, it works very well for concert pianists and people like that who want very very specialist teachers. That's one of the advantages mm, of mm. that system, and it doesn't compromise the action of the piano. Neither Not of those at systems. All. You can just take it out. Right, right. It's actually easier for Simon, our technician, to put in a, a self-playing system mm -hmm. than it is to put in a silent system. Oh, but you have to know what you're doing. But it's. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steinway. Steinway. Have, 
I've developed something which is exactly the same as a piano disc system in truth. There, there are a few tweaks, but the advantage that Steinway have is that they, they have all these Steinway artists that have recorded music over the, over the, the years and they've had it all digitally mastered mm-hmm. so that you can now have, uh, Rachmaninoff playing your piano or, mm-hmm. or, um, Horowitz playing your piano. So you have a, a video of him, of one of his famous performances wherever it might be in Prague or something and you can watch it you can watch it on your screen over here and, and it's your piano and it's your piano that it's <laughs> right. playing on, which is quite phenomenal mm. it's quite mm. phenomenal it costs you an extra twenty thousand pounds on top of the price of a new piano of course if it's a steinway but you know, right right i suppose if you can afford a steinway the twenty thousand pounds is neither here nor there is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the theory yeah but that they've sold more of Stein, that's the most popular Steinway piano in the past two years. I've sold 1,200 of those. With this? Self-playing system. Right, pianos. right. They're called Spirios. The piano's there in the, they're there in the showroom and they somehow get to the, uh, customers' homes. Yeah. What, 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 what's the process? I mean, they have to be lifted and carried, cared for. Settled in, I'm assuming it's not just a question of plonking it in their house and then you disappear. Well, we, we, we sell them with guarantees, but generally <clears> we <throat> sell them with a, with a tuning once they're in the house. And normally we'd, you'd expect to leave your piano in, in the, in its, in its new atmosphere for a month to, a month. to, to regulate itself to whatever the temperature is in the right. room. And then we'd go to it and check it over and tune it again, basically. Mm. That should, that should cover most things. I see. And generally speaking, it's only a case of tuning. That's that, that's the only thing that you, uh, we would normally need to have to do. And then keep it in good order for years to come. They're, sturd- they're very sturdy things, really. Um, you'd normally have it tuned twice or three times a year, depending. I mean, I guess if you play as much as Bob plays, then you need it tuning more than that. Right. And um, most pianos would last for 30, 40 years without without anything major needing to be done to them. Right. Unless unless you play for two or three hours a day every day, mm-hmm. in which case it's it, the felt on the hammers would need replacing. You'd mm-hmm. need new hammer heads, that sort of thing. But, uh, which is not too much really, is it? It's not. No, that, that's why there are so many old ones, because they're so, <laughs> so well made. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They, just last, they just last for, you know, 20 years... A 20-year-old piano to me is nearly new. A 50-year-old piano is it's not too bad. A 100-year-old piano, you'd expect to have to completely restore. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't relate it to cars. You know, a 20-year-old car is 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 an old-age pensioner, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, we were talking just before we started recording, um, and I asked something about what is it that uh, what sort of atmosphere a piano likes? Because uh, the I know the 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 showroom it's a, it's an old warehouse. And it's not warm, and I, I would be tempted to think, gosh, pianos would struggle with, with it's cold. Basically, it's basically large ranges of temperature. <laughs> it gets very hot and very cold. That's, that's not uh, good. Right. Um, if it does that quickly, uh-huh. you know, sort of the worst place you can... Well, pianos don't last very long in old age pensioners' um, house, in the sort of uh, homes, because the temperature is too high. Um, modern pianos can deal with it because they use they use modern glue, mm-hmm. whereas animal glue will dist- the piano the piano will last six months and oh, be absolutely useless. Yeah. Um, 
um, pianos that you keep in conservatories, glass conservatories, where the temperature goes up and down depending on whether the sun's, sun's out or not out, that doesn't do them any good at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, just not enormous ranges of temperature, mm-hmm. basically. And not too much moisture in the air? Well, y- yes, moisture is... The, is after that, moisture is the most important thing. It mm-hmm. sort of, it, it changes, well, it, it, the wood soaks it up. Yes. And yeah. it sort of completely warps. Yeah, yeah. Slightly unusual question, I suppose, about pianos, but are there seasonal variations in terms of sales? Or are there external factors in terms of uh, what, what generates sales? <laughs> By that, I, I mean... I genuinely wish I could answer that question. I've, I've only been... I've only been in the piano business for 35, 40 years. <laughs> and, and it always, there are times of the year which it is, tends to be slightly better than other times. But, um. I mean, do people buy a piano for Christmas, for example? N- not really, no. People buy pianos after Christmas. So this time of year is a busy time of year because there's a sort of little period <clears throat> when nights are dark and mm. people have watched television for quite for over Christmas and they're absolutely fed up and want to do something but they can't go out mm-hmm. and, and go walking in parks or whatever or go on holiday generally speaking they, they go on holiday in the summertime so there's there's a bit of a period where people think oh yeah maybe I'll play the piano because it's dark at night so I may as it could be something to do while I stay in right and they're not thinking about, they're not spending the money on holidays at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get to March and April and then people are thinking about going on holiday. And so they spend their money on holidays at that point. Course, yeah. And then there's another period, which is when they come back from holidays, but before they start thinking about Christmas, <laughs> which is, which is September and October. They would tend to be our busy, inadvertent commas. We're not busy, busy is not the, really the word to say with a piano mm-hmm. business, but they tend to be, the most fruitful times, I guess. Yeah. The only thing that does tend to happen is, in truth, there is a constant flow of people who buy pianos, who want to buy pianos, but people only ever buy, it's not like greengrocers, you know. No, no. Once you've been to, once you've bought your apples, you need to go a couple of weeks later to buy some more. People only, generally only ever buy one piano in a mm. lifetime. So, repeat business doesn't work, but you can notice that if you, sometimes you have a period where, where nobody buys a piano, which can happen, you know, sort of you can go four or five weeks and you think, what's going on? Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden, the number of people that would have come in that four or five weeks then come in Suddenly one week. Arrive, yeah. And so it's almost like it's like a sort of a hosepipe where somebody stood on the hosepipe, but you don't know who it is. It's some sort of mystical person that stood on mm. the hosepipe. And then they've taken the foot off and uh, people come and buy pianos. So it works out to yeah, be exactly yeah. the same. And when I mentioned about uh, external factors, I mean things like um, uh, there was a, a John Lewis advert this which, year. Oh, which is the most wonderful thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the highway, ad- the highway advert that they borrowed. Oh, I, and, right. and Waitrose also did a variation. They all, they all did that. Right. I, I, I thought they were wonderful. I have to say that when, I, when somebody rang me, a shop rang me up from Aberdeen to, when, the first, when the John Lewis advert came out. Mm. And I... And I, they said, have you seen the John Lewis advert? And I said, no. And I watched it. And I actually, I had a tear in my eye, I have to say. <laughs> I, I thought it was phenomenal. But, and then you find out that John Lewis had spent seven and a half million pounds making an advert for acoustic pianos, and they didn't even sell them. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I thought I was... that was, what more could, what more could you ask? <laughs> 
Uh, I think I, I'd gone into uh, John Lewis to buy some things. Uh, I think it was around a Black, Black Friday, and as it happens, they 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 were selling. I think it was a Yamaha electric. They, did, they must have put it in there for the for that. Very I can only imagine because it was in the computer section, and that oh, was the only there, thing. Because otherwise, they don't. It's not. It's not really their thing. But uh, yeah, it was curious that it was just to generate publicity about John Lewis and the good feelings that. Uh, well, that's great, um, and they included a piano, and mm, wow, it's wonderful. And then, then Waitrose, which is of course, I think. Uh, it's part of the same chain, isn't it, Waitrose and John so, Lewis? Yeah, yeah. They, they made another advert using that as a reference. So there was somebody watching the advert in the advert. Mm. So they had the advert on the TV screen and they were selling Waitrose. And mm. then Highway, the Chinese, the Chinese uh, phone company, ah, made, right. made another one, which instead of going like um, Elton John, where he started where he is now and took him back, Mm. This started where a girl was very young and took her to becoming famous as a pianist. <laughs> right. <laughs> to do, still to do with the acoustic pianos, which was wonderful. And can I say, it made no actual difference to me at all, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, <laughs> other than people ha- having nice feelings about people playing pianos, right. which, I, which I already knew, you know. Mm. <laughs> but, mm. uh, and another another external factor to use that phrase. Um, yeah, well, at was, least I know what you're talking about. <laughs> external factors. Then the, the um, there's a lad on uh, X Factor some time ago, um, Tokyo Myers. I don't. Know I didn't know. No, that went past me. Um, I I hadn't heard of it, but my my I think my sister mentioned it to me, and I've had a look, and he sort of made a. Uh, 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 it's classical sort of piano, but there's a lot of effects on top of it as well. But I believe that he won. X Factor. So it was just another thing in the past couple of years or so, might be wrong on that, which seemed to generate some interest around piano. But um, tend, they tend, people then tend to go to electric pianos because it's quite mm. a serious piece of furniture, a piano, isn't it? That it's, is it's true. Not, um, <laughs> these days, I don't think people buy pianos on a whim. You know, I don't think anybody ever drove past the front yeah. of the shop and thought, ah, piano shop, maybe mm. I'll go and buy one. It's always a conscious. It's always a conscious decision mm-hmm. that somebody aspires to be able to play the piano, and then they have this. Well, uh, they have a rom- romantic image of what it is like to play the piano, which mm-hmm. is absolutely true. I, I say. So it's all. It's always. It's an expensive thing, and it's something that people tend to live with, and it tends to be a serious decision. Really. Mm-hmm. So in a way, things like X Factor tend not to make that much difference. To right. Be right. I have seen a few pictures on your wall of yeah. notable piano artists. Yeah. And uh, just be interested to hear if, you, if there are any really unusual stories about uh, about some of the people that you've met. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing that you've met quite a few in all sorts of environments. And, and here, of course. It would be difficult for me to come up with a story on that sort of thing, to be honest. <laughs> Again, because they would be dealt with by Steve, really. Oh, I, I, mean, see, I um, see. The BBC always used this 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 room as a studio for the piano competition uh-huh. for interviewing interviewing competitors and things. So, mm. sort of Susie Susie Klein and uh, Petrock Trelawney and people like that always, yeah. are always here. When That's that for happens. the leads, because I know that you you do one here as well. You do a competition. We do a little. We do a little one, yeah, yeah. for the for the university and the piano and the music college. Mm-hmm. We, we give a five hundred pound 
prize for the pianist yeah. that wins. And that's that's really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. say, I find that very interesting. And you know, I, I, yeah, I can't really give you any enormously <laughs> interesting <laughs> stories on that subject. Really, yeah. No, oh, well. I can't. I okay. can't. You, am I right in saying that you you, you do a lot of work uh, in other parts of the world in terms of piano sales? Is that, is that an well? Our, ma- that our main our, um, we sell more pianos in China than anywhere really, and we, right. which is pianos that they don't have in China because Mao Zedong destroyed everything that was Western. Uh-huh. So they're sort of so when the, the current regime or the the, the regime before the current regime came mm-hmm. in, and they sort of liberalised to a certain extent. Uh, they allowed Western culture to, to go into China, mm-hmm. and so ninety nine percent of all new pianos are made in China. Mm-hmm. So it's quite easy to get a new piano, but it's not so easy to get an old piano. Right. So if you wanted to be exclusive, you know, if you're a sort of a rich Chinese entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There's there's no kudos in having a brand new Chinese piano because everybody's got one. But to, but to get a, a Victorian Steinway or a Victorian Beckstein with turned legs and which was authenticated as a hundred years old, mm-hmm. which nobody else has got, that has exclusivity. So in the past six or seven years, we've we've sent containers of pianos to China to mm-hmm. be restored by Chinese people to be sold on the Chinese market. It was almost like. 25% of the world's population just appeared out of nowhere Goodness. with money to spend and an interest in pianos. I mean, that's rather, rather yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> you know, you sp- spend 25 years sort of trying to sell one or two pianos at a time and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're inundated with Chinese customers wanting to buy 30 or 40 to go, you know. That's really interesting. I don't, I've never really given any consideration to the, the um, long-term demographic, if you like, of why piano seems to have become so popular in that that part of the world. Well, certainly China, anyway. Well, Mr. W- Mr. Terence Wu, who I've met a couple of times, because mm. I, I do employ a Chinese, uh, an ex-Chinese student, but he's a, Chi- he's a Chinese national. But mm-hmm. I've, in- I've employed him for four or five years now. He has made friends with Mr. Wu. Mr. Wu is the owner of Parsons Music, which right. is the largest piano manufacturer in the world now. They make 200 pianos a day. Parsons. Parsons doesn't sound a particularly Parsons. Chinese name. No, it doesn't. But it's, <laughs> that's deliberate. <laughs> but he owns. He makes kawaii pianos. Mm. He he owns Grotter and Steinway and at Siler and and um, what are those? William Stein William Steinberg. Mm-hmm. But he has four hundred pianos shops in China, and. He says there are something like 40 million people in China learning to play the piano. 40 million? Yeah. Goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> the scale of things in China is just difficult. I go, I go every year now. Mm. And um, not this time, but the time before Wenbing, he's the guy I employ. But mm-hmm. he's, just, he's in his mid-twenties. And he, he took along a friend of his called Highway. His mm-hmm. name was Highway. And he has... He has a, a channel on the equivalent of YouTube in China. They don't have YouTube. They have a Chinese equivalent. Wen, where Wen, he, Weibo wasn't Wenbo. That's yeah. That that sounds like what, Is it? something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what it's called, but um, <clears throat> he has forty thousand followers, 
and so what he'll do is he'll on a day he's going to play on on YouTube, the equivalent of mm-hmm. he he will just advertise. I'm going to be playing this piece uh, in half an hour. If you want, and you want to talk to me about how it's broken down and how you would play it if you play it yourself. Mm. And he never has less than a thousand people watching him. And he's he's not he's not important. He's only he's only just a little sort of ordinary guy. He just uses that particular mm-hmm. platform. But again. A thousand people watching somebody play the piano. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine that in the in the UK? It it doesn't it wouldn't work, would it? Yeah, yeah. So is it is it mainly obviously it's mainly China, but other areas in Southeast Asia? Well Korea also. But China's China China is the main place really. Uh-huh. And it's difficult I never um, again Mr Wu said that the reason that the Chinese are interested in the piano is that because during the Second World War mm-hmm. quite a few Western German and European pianists and musicians went to Beijing to to get out of the war, to stay clear of it. Oh. And so the Be- the Beijing Conservatoire was actually one of the most important conservatoires in the world at that time. Western musicians went Western to... Western musicians, but it was not n- generally known. So a Chinese, a youth hero from a Chinese <laughs> film these days would be a long-haired pianist, a bit like Chopin. And so all the girls would be, you know, if you want to, if you want to get get on with the girls in China, mm. you need to be able to play the piano. Yeah, well, that's that's one hundred twenty <laughs> years old. That's, right. You know, but, but people send me little s- snippets of fil- Chinese sort of uh, films with, with that as the theme. You know? mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine that now. There's no American influence. There's no Coca Cola there. There's no sort of sneakers or anything. There's somebody playing the piano. You know? Playing Chopin on the piano. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They haven't quite got round to Bach yet, but you know, Liszt, they like Liszt as well. Anything big, dramatic stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. There's quite a number of noted uh, Southeast Asian pianists who become world famous, and I'm assuming that that they're part of the sort of momentum, if you like. Of, of well, they've they've added to the momentum that was there. You know, like Lang Lang, for instance. Yeah. Know, who was, there are a couple of others. So. I'm all in favour, you know. What, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I, it's, I enjoy selling pianos. But I, I rephrase that. I enjoy being part of a piano business. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't sell pianos, but I enjoy... Pianos come through you. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can sit here and I, I can do whatever it is. I can... I can do my treasure hunting. Look, mm. people... Because I've been here so long, people will contact me and say, I've seen this piano, are you interested? So I can do that here. And then I can have people like Bob out there playing away merrily. So I get all sorts of, you know, fantastic pianists mm-hmm. who come to play on the piano. Uh, what's not to like, really? Indeed, indeed. I'm assuming it's a fairly rarefied atmosphere, the, 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 the area of selling pianos. There can't be that many many retailers I mean there's, there's no small... there's fewer now than there used to be in truth and I'm assuming that yours must be one of the more long standing ones I did say there's probably one or two long standing ones very very old ones in London but, yeah uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of the one down in London on Maida Vale Jack, Jack Samuels that's, yes that's a, yeah. that's, that's a family business yeah there aren't many of us left it's not as it's, you know it's not it's not as it's, it tends to be a dwindling resource mm. Mm. And yet there are a lot of pianos that need to be sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But there are, there's all there's always going to be people that want to buy a piano. Hopefully. Well, I hope so, I hope so too. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of your your clientele includes uh, schools, and colleges, that type of thing, from time yes. to time. Yes, churches, and these days, even people coming into our shop. I think at least forty percent of the customers that actually physically come into the shop are Chinese. Oh, right, right. Are they are they necessarily say they adults? Live. They're students or no, no, no. Right? They're just people who live in West Yorkshire. Yeah, or even further afield, really. Oh, it's that it's that high up in the culture. Yeah. It's there's, it's strange. I mean, in I in Southern Ireland, the piano is quite an important instrument. We sell we sell quite a few pianos in Southern Ireland. Um, because, Again, I'm curious because pe- well, people like to sing. It's not. It tends not to be overly classical. It's a case of, <clears throat> you know, sort of people will sit around the piano and they'll have other instruments and they'll mm-hmm. sing, and it's part of the culture to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, sort of. Um, it, it didn't happen here, or it, it no longer happens here. I don't know. Mm. It's to do with people relating to each other, and Southern Ireland is a bit like that, really. And in Germ- in Germany, piano's very high up in the culture. In culture, I mean, I go to Germany quite often. I go at least once a month or something. Mm-hmm. And is that mainly to to do with Steinway or just? Other, it's just other to do with. Areas? It's just. It's like um, I can. I feel a bit like a. Is a lobster fisherman, and I've got you have little pots everywhere where you go and see if there's a lobster in that particular pot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Germany, a piano shop is not just a piano shop. I mean, I, can, I was amazed one time. I went to a shop in the center of Bonn, mm-hmm. uh, and you walk into this really expensive piano shop, and the first thing you see is a fitted kitchen, right? So you walk in. There's a fitted kitchen. It's got a gas stove. It's got a sink. It's sort of it's circular, and you think it's a piano shop. Why is it? Why has it got this? Yeah. And so I, I asked the proprietor, and he says, "Oh, it's because when people come to buy a piano, they're going to be here all day, and so we provide them. They, we provide them with with breakfast, and dinner, and <laughs> tea, and if they want some cakes and things, that's what we do. So just to show that we want you to be here all day, the, 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 there's a kitchen here, and you go, you go into, um, the main Steinway agent in Dusseldorf, for instance, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a building like this. And on, on the ground floor is a theatre, which is part of the piano shop, um, which you can hire out and put plays on. Mm-hmm. And then the next floor is all rever- rehearsal rooms. So if you want to, if you want to practice or uh, you want to rehearse, you can do it on that floor. And then there's a, a sort of radio station on. On the top mm-hmm. floor, along with the rest of the pianos, you know, so you can actually, you know, sort of, it was, they were transmitting music from the piano shop. Yeah. And in a way, in a way, the piano shop becomes part of the, part of the fabric of, of, of the area. And to a certain extent, I try and, I try and copy that because I think it's a great idea. So we have gigs here and we have Let's Play Piano here. So mm. if somebody ever says, can I do something here? I will say yes because, it might be slightly inconvenient, but there are all sorts of offshoots that come mm, from that, mm. which which make life more interesting. You know, uh, I mean, to follow on from what you're saying, would you consider the kitchen thing? Because I'm, <laughs> I can imagine a lot of people would find that. I had thought would... of having a cafe here, but I'm not sure. Whether it would, I, I, it's a, there is a cafe on the front there, but it wouldn't really, it wouldn't work. Why? <laughs> you think it's a good idea? Oh, it it sounds wonderful. It really well, does. 
again, we sell more pianos in London than we do in Leeds, but because it's two hours and it's only a two-hour train ride, and you can come up here, and we pick you up from the railway station, mm-hmm. and there aren't many places where you, we've got fifty Steinways here at least, yeah. and so some you, you're going to have to go to Steinway Hall. You won't see that many Steinways there. And they're all infinitely more expensive, you know, twenty or thirty thousand pounds more expensive. Yeah. So, so, so just, hours, just, uh, just in terms of uniqueness, is that unusual to have this many? I think available? so. But I try and I don't do that as an. It's not meant as. Uh, I always tend to play down the we're the biggest whatever it is because mm. I don't know whether we are or we aren't, but we have a we have a certain advantage over. Most other places, because we have so many, and people can compare one piano against mm-hmm. another. And if if you're looking specifically for a piano, it's very difficult to hold the sound of that particular piano in your head yeah. to relate it to against another one. Whereas here, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that tends to it doesn't ha- it doesn't work all the time, mm-hmm. but it works quite well. You know, and people people do take us seriously. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Because if you're advertising on on the internet, people don't know whether you really know whether you you might have just one piano in a garage, you know. <laughs> well, that, that has happened, you know. Mm. And so we at least can <laughs> we at least can attract people mm. who are looking for a Steinway or something. I I metaphorically smacked myself on the back of my hand because I knew nothing of this place. I've been a pianist for many years, and I knew nothing of this place until I got involved with. Uh, the uh, Let's Play the Piano group about uh, two or three years ago. Um, and I find it amazing that... <gasps> but there have been I so think... many spin-offs, as far as I'm concerned, with the Let's Play Piano, and it's absolutely fantastic. Right, right. Well, there are all sorts of... Well, Let's Play Piano is attracted the Leeds Piano Competition. I mean, Adam Gatehouse thought it was wonderful. Right. right. He, came, he came to the Lang Lang gig, uh-huh. and... He said, you've got, you've got an audience here of people that would never come to anything that we would put on. Right. And, and so, 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 you know, he's obviously made friends with Ben mm-hmm. because, I mean, when, when he first came and I, I looked at the, the website and there were 400 people sort of had already signed up. There are 400 people in Leeds that are interested in playing oh. the piano. Oh, wow. That's just the Leeds one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then there are all sorts of other things that have come across. I mean, you're here and Bob comes here and Bob might, his mindful, his mindfulness piano, uh, mm-hmm. teaching could be quite remarkable. I don't know. In theory, it sounds like it, it sounds like it might, it, it might be. So that would be something that would interest me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, don't mind being associated with something that's successful. Why yeah. wouldn't you be? And because I find all these things they're an aside they're not obvious things it's not like advertising in the paper it's difficult to get people to come here mm. because they don't know where we are but you know you know where we are now when you didn't know where we were and so all these things they help you know mm-hmm. we were live on I was live on calendar a couple of weeks ago embarrassingly yeah. hopefully you didn't see it <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> the internet shall reveal no, but we we had we had a, a couple that came from Halifax that saw that I that see. didn't know we were here, uh-huh. and they bought a Bosendorfer for for, wow. for eighteen thousand pounds wow. the next day. <laughs> I mean, how can I know that? Yes. I I wouldn't yeah. know that, you know. Yeah. I, I try. It's my it's my art education, which was you know sort of you, you do things, 
you, you take an idea and you come up with something that's completely at odds with it mm-hmm. and put them together and it, it sometimes comes up with something that works you know yeah. so it's useful because we've we've got Alistair McGowan coming on here mm-hmm. which I thought was quite remarkable he's going to do his introduction to classical piano where he he explains how he learned started to learn to play the piano at the age of 49 and Sonny yeah. what age? 49 wow and Sonny actually financed his uh, Classical LP, which got to number one in the classical charts last year. And so he's going to be doing, telling jokes, he's going to be doing his impersonations, and he's going to be playing the piano. It's got to be ideal for me, isn't it? Really? Mm. People aged 49 learning to play the piano? (laughs) They're the sort of people (laughs) that have the money. When when is that happening? That's on the 7th of April. Oh, right. It's Sunday. Definitely looking out for that. Yeah. I was really surprised, because he normally goes to sort of big venues, but... He quite. I showed pictures, and he thought it was quite, quite. He quite liked the idea because I saw him at Leeds University when they. He was in, on conversation with Ed Balls mm. as part of the, the piano competition last year, and he said he found it difficult to walk past the piano without having, wanting to play it. And I thought, well, he needs to cut me here, you know, because we've got loads right. of them. So anyway, so he's agreed to do it. So I think that was great. Another thing we're doing is, I went to I went to London on Sunday to see. Um, what's, I always remember, forget the name of the group. The Silk, Stri- Silk String Quartet, right. which is a Chinese four-piece, or a, a classical Chinese quartet that were playing in the LSO St. Luke's. And they were playing with the LSO String Quartet. So what it was, was the String Quartet played Mozart. And mm. then they came on and played a couple of Chinese traditional pieces and then the quartet came on again and played played some Rachmaninoff and then they came on and played some more classical Chinese music mm-hmm. which was absolutely fantastic and then they all played together a piece a modern piece written by a Chinese composer which was fantastic and then they played another couple of pieces which the composer whose name was Raymond Liu mm-hmm. had written for the Chinese the Chinese quartet and Lang Lang and they'd done it as a performance right. ten years ago, and so it was. It was a classical piano, and and Chinese Chinese quartet, which was fantastic, because I want to put them on in York Minster because I I've lent York Minster a concert grand piano for two okay. years for free because they have they have a million visitors a year, of which five hundred thousand of them are Chinese. Wow, <laughs> that's a fucking good. And so the, the I, Dame Fanny, I got a letter from Dame Fanny that she, she got from 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 the Archbishop of York, mm-hmm. and and did I know anybody that would lend them a piano? So I got Mister Wu to make them a piano, a concert grand, specially to put in there. <laughs> right. So they got a brand new Steinberg concert grand, which is a fantastic piano, and um, and we we can put I can put on. Some performances because I'm lending them the piano for I nothing, see. and so one of the things Wembing and I both thought would be would be things that people don't hear very often are traditional Chinese quartets mm-hmm. and classical. So if we had a, we're going to devise a, a, um, a performance which is half Western and half Chinese, and now I know that there are a couple of Chinese composers who've written pieces for both the piano and Chinese quartet. It would it would make a great performance mm. and something that people won't have heard before. Yeah, 
I mean, there were 200 people in the room when I when I when, when we went on Sunday. It was really it was remarkable. Mm. It, it's something completely different, you know. So I can do that now, which I never, you know. That that's the interesting part of the job. Really. Yeah, yeah. But it helps. It helps promote Vespero pianos in of a course, way that, of course. Not blatantly obvious. It's not, it's obvious not a all. case of yeah. come to Vespro Pianos to buy your piano, which I really can't. I find it difficult to live with. I mean, in truth, in the end, that's what people have to do. Of course, of but course. I'd rather. I'd I appreciate rather, what you're saying. I'd rather it. You know, it's it's an it's an enjoyable process, mm-hmm. and it's not the it's not an obvious route really, which I find more interesting. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I can. I at the moment, I can do that. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm concentrating on at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've got Lang Lang students coming again, so that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And and um, the head of York University, um, Jakob Fischer, who's also the head of the classical piano at the music college, is coming to do a performance of. He's had a he's had three composers make. Well, they're, they're sort of variations on Liszt. Which are done specifically for him, which is going to give a performance of those in <coughs> in April as well. Yeah. So people keep asking. So mm. the more people ask, the more we do. Really, I'd like it. I'd like it to be a, a sort of a little venue, you know, sort of I don't know, a la Edinburgh Festival, you know, because some of the nicest things you ever see are in a room that size mm-hmm. where. You actually can see, and, and it, to a certain extent, you can touch the person that's doing the performance, really, yeah. rather than there's a stage and then everybody's watching. I mean, you get fantastic performances that way, but there's a different quality to actually being in a room, you know, that you could actually just stand up and sort of go shake the hand of the person mm. that's there. I quite, I always quite like that. I mean, I always used to go to the Ed- I haven't been to the Edinburgh Festival for a while, but we used to go every year because you can see phenomenal performances by people you wouldn't really expect to you know so I, yeah. I remember going to see Ray Davis of the Kinks in a room no bigger than that uh-huh. in a, in a period where the Kinks were on the way down that way but then you know Ray Davis hadn't come back up so he had it was just him and a guitar and he was talking about his life and it's sort of it's magical really mm-hmm. and that that sort of thing I'd like to re- reproduce if possible mm-hmm. to a certain extent so there. Well, Melvin, that's been uh, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, uh, I've covered a lot more things than I expected, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to have been able to have this opportunity, had this opportunity to sit and talk with you about it. Thanks for asking me. I, mean, <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am sort of. I don't know how to say honoured to be asked. I mean, I'm surprised to be asked. Uh, but, uh, but thank you for asking me. But um, yeah, thank uh, you very much. Uh, thank, thanks. Thanks.